influencers. Let's get bouge. Listen to Abe Thompson for an hour. I'd rather fuck a blood relative. It's Abe Thompson. Bam, 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 bam. Ladies and gents, welcome to Aid Thompson and other disappointments. It's Wednesday. It's half past seven. It's time for the solo show. It's time to do this, guys. Uh, what's going on out there? How are you? Um, what's in the news? Trump has been arrested again. Uh, Labour appear to have completely abandoned their role as opposition. <laughs> uh, Boris Johnson is... Um, uh, well, he's continuing to be a, you know, fucking thorn in the side of the Conservative Party. Uh, which one should we jump on first? What should we talk about today, guys? Uh, should we get we'll get Boris Johnson out of the way first, I think. Um, so the Privileges Committee report is due to drop any day now. Um, any second, I guess, in its final form. Uh, I'm sure I don't need to tell you guys what happened with that, like how it all came about. So let's just skip all that, all the context, all the lying, the tanking of standards, the abysmal performance by Johnson himself at the committee. Fuck all that. Let's just get to where we are now, which is an aggrieved blonde Yeti in an ill-fitting suit. I get like, what, what the fuck is the deal with the suits, man? Like, why are he and Jacob Rees-Mogg the only millionaires who can't find a tailor? Like, what, what is it with with Richie Tonian guys who dress badly, you know? Like, like is it is it like an Etonian hipster thing, do you think? You know, like a sort of an outlier. That's it. Like, do you remember in the late noughties? Or maybe it was, um, you know, 2012 sort of time. Do you remember that sort of period? Like when hipsters were wearing sort of... Uh, uh, you know, like um, shabby chic kind of stuff. Like it wasn't cool to wear Nike t-shirts and Hugo Boss jeans and a pair of expensive Reeboks, you know, like, you know, expensive, cool looking gear. It was cooler in some quarters to wear, you know, a flat cap <laughs> and, a, you know, jacket with arm pads on or like if you're a girl, but like have a beehive and a polka dot dress, you know, like sort of ironically cool, I guess. You'd wear this sort of old man or old lady, 1920s. Like, look how ironic I'm being, you know, I'm wearing this stuff to show how over the bell curve of fashion and coolness I actually am, guys. You know, like so uncool that you're cool kind of vibe. A sort of horseshoe fashion, <laughs> I guess. Like, is it like that for some Etonians? You know, where they're so rich and catered for. And all their friends in all of their circles wear fucking, you know, £5,000 Savile Row shit, you know? Perfectly cut. Perfectly fitted. That to stick out, like, they have to go over that same bell curve in, <laughs> into the ill-fitting, untailored, scruffy as fuck, borderline fancy dress kind of suit, you know, like everyone looking at this hapless sack of shit in his dad's suit. <laughs> Look at me, everyone. I'm unique. I stick out. <laughs> Everyone's like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> sort of. 
Like, how is that not basically walking around with a sandwich board saying, I'm a bellend, you know? Tory's fucking, you know, wearing ill-fitting, stupid suits with ridiculous hair. Be it the ruffled-up Johnson thing or the, you know, re-smog, gelled-down look. It's, it's basically the same as hipsters trying to be a bit different. I honestly think that is all it is. Anyway, where was I? Oh, I'm already getting stuck on, like, drifting off on tangents. Right, so Johnson is aggrieved. He's all over the place, guys. And they found that he's lied to the House, we assume. You know, the report hasn't dropped yet at time of recording. But his response to the private viewing of it, the VIP viewing that he gets of it as the subject of it, seems to suggest that he's about to get suspended for a couple of weeks, right? And then in tandem with that, around the same time, in parallel, he has asked Rishi Sunak to overrule the House of Lords committee and allow his nominated peers to go through to the House of Lords. And Rishi Sunak refused. So, so those two hate each other's guts all over again. And so, anyway, then you cue people like Nadine Dorries, who's been caught up in this stuff. You know, she thought she was going to get the barony or the damehood or something. And anyway, it was rejected. And so now she's <laughs> going on TV and publishing her nonsense in the mail. And it's like, I'm just a working class girl from Liverpool. And I've been robbed of my position in the Lords by two posh boys. Like, that is not what happened, Nads. It's not. It's not posh boys that conspired to rob a working class woman of a peerage. This isn't classism, you daft babbling bint. They just can't stand a working class girl making something of herself. Like, this is nothing to do with the relationship between rich people and poor people. And it's also not going to repair the relationship between out-of-touch Tories and Liverpool. I can promise you that. I've been classismed by posh boys. Like, is this why Tories have such a hard time addressing or even acknowledging inequality? It's because they think classism is just when you didn't get the job. <laughs> That's, is that what it is? I mean, that would explain a lot. If you thought classism was just times you didn't get the job. Because most Tories get the job because their dad owns the company, right? Or their dad goes to the same eyes wide shut party <laughs> as the commissioning editor of wherever you get your news from, you know? Like, ah, I can't believe, can't believe I didn't get the job. Well, I, I thought you said your dad knows the MD. Well, he, he does. Right, well, so what happened? I literally cannot even fathom. I've always got every single job I've ever even casually asked about because my father knows everyone and that's the way that British journalism and politics and music, fashion and half of the fucking comedy business work. I cannot explain it. Well, who who actually interviewed you? Was it the MD? No, 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 no. it was some plebby bastard called... Sandra. Oh, well, th there you go. I mean, she she probably didn't like you because of your accent and that fantastic suit that you're wearing, Hugo. Yeah, that, that must be it. It's classism, Hugo. Yeah, that must be it. 
It's classism. Classism is every time you didn't get the job, Hugo. And then, Ned, like, Nadine overhears this, you know? Eavesdropping from a Westminster pub's booth while she's washing away the taste of gin with a different gin. <laughs> and she's thinking, of course, whenever I didn't get a job, that, like, that must be it too. There is simply no other explanation. <laughs> It's not that I didn't read the detail about who can and who can't immediately ascend to the Lords. It's just that people are mean to me. <laughs> and it's like a double whammy with a shit, isn't it? Because it's like, I don't know about you guys, but I don't personally see Nadine Dorries as working class. I just don't, you know? To me, she's a Tory. That's it. Like She might have started off humble. But nowadays, you know, 2023, she's a published author. She's a TV personality. She's worth a sack of cash. You know, she's not getting universal credit slips. She's not thumbing her way through the least veiny chicken breasts in Audi, is she? But in portraying herself as working class, as salt of the earth, and then misunderstanding this... <laughs> blaming this shit on classism when it is so clearly not classism. In doing that, she sort of meta, like, levels deep, making working class people look a bit thick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, if we were to believe that she is working class and she's holding herself up as some sort of mascot for that community, look at Nadine Doris, look, she's so working class and... Like, would you want a spokeswoman who couldn't see or understand the actual reason why she wasn't able to become a dame? Would you? Is that who you would want representing you? Like, wow, what, what an inspiration she is to the cognitively challenged. <laughs> you too can reach the gaudy heights of the Palace of Westminster. Don't let your IQ hold you back. Just look at Nadine. You know, it's like, I'm just an oppressed working class girl from Liverpool. I don't know, man. Like, it's just, like, maybe you were working class, but you're not now, are you? Let's be real. You know, you're quaffing G&Ts in the house bar. You're swaying on the TV after the votes. Your net worth is in the millions. You've got your talk TV contracts. It's so hard being a... Working class girl from Liverpool, climbing into your chauffeur-driven car, on the phone to your kid's private school, on your way to get railed by an Etonian in some donor's apartment. You know, wine and cheese on the side table and a face full of caviar just really enjoying yourself, Nats. It's just so hard, but I do this for Anfield. Like, bitch! You're not working class anymore. And this isn't two posh boys taking your job away from you. It's not classism. You just didn't get the nod because you were still an MP at the time. That is the reason. You can't immediately ascend to the Lords while still serving as an MP. And you know that because that's why you resigned so fast to not become an MP. But then it was too late by then because Sunak didn't want to overrule that rule. And so you are where you are. Nats. 
which is, you know, what? Standing on the dock, screaming at the boat that you should have been on. But you missed because the man you put your trust in told you the wrong time. Like, that is you, Nadine. Except that isn't even you, is it? Like, I, I can't believe the boat left without me. You know, even, even though it's mine and my man's fault that we weren't here on time. Like, that isn't even you. Because at least that bitch would be like, oh, bugger. You know, like, I know what the problem is. We got the time wrong and we missed our boat. So now I will shout at the dock. You know, now I will say, oh, I can't believe we messed this up. That is what that chick would do. But what you do is sit babbling on about sinister forces and being robbed of your job by non-existent, misunderstood classes. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're still the babbling hag on the docks. You are. But people are like, what, what, what happened? Did, did you miss your boat? No, uh, dark forces commandeered it. Uh, now, the, now the bat devils are sailing it across the treacherous rapids of Hades. We're like, is, is that really... Is that really what happened? And then, you know, there'll be like a dock hand, you know, like a labourer guy. Like the actual real working class person here just stood there like leaning on a barrel on the dock, you know, maybe with a bit of rope in his hand, just swinging it. He'd be like, oh, mate, mate, leave, leave her alone. She'd be, oh, she'd been talking that crazy shit all morning. Yeah, no, she missed her boat and went bloody cuckoo. <laughs> like, I, I was robbed of my barony. Just leave her alone. Yeah. Honestly, man, it's always someone else's fault. I mean, I really wish I had known how understanding and accepting conservatives are of that sort of, you know, mentality. Avoiding responsibility, you know. I wish I'd known that years ago. How accepting. Like, it would have come in handy. For me, it really would have. Like, hey, Ada, I heard you drunk drove when you were 26 and you got fined and you lost your license. Oh, it's a blob. This it is it a witch hunt. It's a sham trial. And I'll tell you what, they showed their bias from the outset. Aide, maybe you just take the fine and have some fucking dignity. You can't dethrone me. This is a witch hunt and sinister forces, I tell you. Aid, you need to stop, okay? It's over. Just hand over your license, accept the ban, it's done, it's dead. Death is but a doorway, time is but a window, I'll be back. <laughs> you know, would have come in handy if only I had known how accepting conservatives, magistrates might be. To that total aversion of responsibility. This is unfair. I was robbed. Unelected blobs and turned a small board and it invented. No more gin for grandma, okay? Put the bottle down, Nadine. Anyway, so Johnson, Dorries, Sunak. There's just, you know, there's so much political oxygen that just gets swallowed up by Boris Johnson, isn't there? Like, even when it's just someone connected to him, like Dorries, you know? Imagine how frustrating that must be if you're just, you know, a government minister. Not even somebody who socially engages with or who has 
worked on policy or even somebody who, who served in the administration of Boris Johnson. If you're just a government minister, right, sent out on the rounds, maybe you're a Penny Mordaunt, a Suella Braverman, a Grant Shapps, uh, Michael Green, <laughs> and you go, you go on Sky Breakfast and you want to talk about your new policy, your new, you know, I don't know, it'd be called something like a Fairer Education Academy Initiative or something. And you're excited about it. Of course you are. Because you worked hard on it. You're not one of these, you know, laissez-faire, lazy, Whitehall, SW1 types. You worked hard on this shit, on this new policy. You stayed up late with civil servants. You researched it. You worked it through. And you're prepped and you're ready. And then you got Kay Burley in your face. Like, Boris says that you're a cunt. Are you a cunt? I mean, you can see why people might think that you're a cunt. I mean, how do you respond to that? Do you agree with Boris? But you see Boris's point, right? Boris, Boris, Boris. And this is the thing that I think gets overlooked sometimes, dear listeners. It's like we get so distracted by Johnson's many, many mistakes and missteps. You know, the lies, the overruling of institutions, the corruption the cover-ups, that we kind of miss the real problem, which oh, is at least as much of a problem as all the other shit, like, which is that this is a guy who doesn't just debase and toxify everything he touches from a relationship and policy perspective, but he sucks the oxygen out of the room with everything. Like, he ruins the things he's even completely disconnected from. <laughs> you know? It's like he touches Brexit, it's fucked. He touches the pandemic, it's a disaster. Now, he doesn't even have his hands on the wheel at all, does he? He's not even an MP, but just his antimatter, vacuumy presence, you know, in orbit of Westminster, somewhere in Parliament, is enough to suck the mass out of your speech or policy and disappear that shit. You know, you thought you were going to talk about the Equality Education Academy initiative or whatever, whatever it was that you worked so hard. on. No, fuck you. This whole eight minute segment now is like, but I think Boris is coordinating a mutiny. What What do you think about Boris's mutiny? You know what I mean? Like, it's no wonder these cunts just throw their papers in the air. You know, well, what's the fucking point? You know, let's just sell policy to billionaires and then have a few drinks at the Carlton. Fuck this. You know, I have some sympathy for them. That was always the weird thing about Meghan. I know that sounds like a segue, but, you know, just bear with me. You know, with with Meghan, like here you have a woman who does charity work, you know, and who, you know, people who knew her before she was famous uh, and who knew her from her hometown and, and shit. They were all like, oh, man, she's genuine as fuck. You know, she's so helpful. She's sweet. You know, she'd take time off from set to then, you know, come back home and help out in her school. And and yet you still would have people going, oh, bloody hell, Megan. Oh, it's always about her, isn't it? Do you remember that? Like, that was, that was a tabloid line for a few weeks. It was like, oh, bloody Meg. Tell you what. It's always about her, bloody Megan, isn't it? Well, in Johnson, here you have a man whose actual job it is, or was, at least, to put the country first. I.e., it's not supposed to be about him at all. But at every twist and turn, it was always about him, you know? 
his job, his speech, his wallpaper, his survival, no matter the cost to, you know, your gran or your hospital or the national debt or the 200,000 people that died in the mishandling of the pandemic, like collapsing industries, fuck business, all of that, no matter the cost. It was always about Boris Johnson. And yet those same flag fuckers who say the shit about Meghan, oh, it's always about her. You know, they can't get enough of it with Boris Johnson. <laughs> it's wild. It's honestly, it's like, oi, oi, look over there. Look, there's a there's a, a successful black American woman and she's giving tens of thousands of pounds to an anti-racism charity. Oh, God, here we go again. You know, it's like... Well, I'm sorry. What's the problem? Oh, well, look at me. Oh, I'm so good. You know, I'm, I'm fighting prejudice. Take photos of me while I solve racism. And then you're like, well, you know, I think actually she donated in secret. You know, she's she's having to hold back on talking about a lot of charity stuff because she's worried that people will say exactly the sort of thing that you're saying. Oh, well, look at me. I do it in secret. Aren't I humble? And then you're like, are you OK, Frank? Are you? Like, is your hip OK? <laughs> is it hurting? You know, I know you had some problems with it. Like maybe it's making you a little bit more pissy than you ordinarily would be. Like, is the waiting list long? Is that the problem? Well, yeah, actually, it is. It's getting a little bit ridiculous. You know, they shut the clinic down the road, and then they can't hire the right number of nurses for some reason. Anyway, then like the faint sound in the distance as you're talking to your friend Frank, who's like, "Oh, it's always about Megan. It's always about her, isn't it?" You're talking to him, and then this faint sound. In the distance, this rumble starts. It's like, and then you and Frank, with his shit hip and his hatred of Megan, you know, oh, it's always about her, isn't it? You're looking at each other, and you're like, what is, what is that noise? I can, I can hear something. And then Frank looks at you, and he's like, I, I think it's, I think it's getting closer. And then the Boris Johnson carnival just plows through the town and there's tables and chairs flying everywhere there's people who are having discussions about the, like how to fix a deadly t-junction and they just get trampled to death and swept away by the boris johnson carnival and it doesn't just decimate the parish halls and shit and tear through the towns remain well maybe the uk's only remaining nhs walk-in center but poor megan hating frank his hip gets caught up in the horses and his leg gets torn out and dragged away with the the Boris Johnson show, you know, and it's this whole stampede just tearing through the town. Fanfares and foghorns and megaphones just blasting. Sunlit uplands over here. 350 million pounds for the NHS over there. 40 new hospitals here. Just all of the hits blaring out and the carriages charging past have his face painted on them. And the horse riders and marching band are all in like ill-fitting suits with their hair ruffled up, you know, as an homage to the big dog. But nobody looks too scruffy or too ill-fitting because they don't want to outshine him. They know who the world king is. And it's like a fucking cavalry, just tear up like that, except the the horns are custom made. So they don't sound like a horn. They sound like Boris Johnson impersonating a horn <laughs> it's like his voice coming out of each like and then a stutter and a couple of them stop and they're just like you know wouldn't it be better to have a proper horn you know and then one of the stagehands tears in and goes so talk about the proper horn you're gonna set him off he'll impregnate half of the fucking hospitality staff the whole thing is just tearing through the town like a cavalry even the fucking horses 
have undergone cosmetic surgery to make them look as close as possible to Boris Johnson. They're Boris Johnson fucking horses. They're not like, like Boris Johnson fucking horses although you know veteran listeners of the podcast will be throwing up a tfl for tory's fuck livestock right now but anyway on and on it will go the boris carnival tearing through the town tearing frank's hip out there's blood everywhere there's boris johnson's face and voice and illegitimate children all resembling boris everything all of it everywhere is boris entirely about him but frank will be stood there with his leg gone (laughs) Hip socket open, veins just blowing in the wind, next to his flag. (laughs) And still, he'll be like, bloody love Boris, though. I really do. Oh, he's, he's such a card, isn't he? Oh, he's such a character. He's done a lot for this country. And you will look at him, incredulous, you know, as he continues. And he goes, yeah. Anyway, as as I was saying, um, right, right, Megan. Oh, it's always about her. <laughs> anyway, more more of that ranty nonsense at the live show. Um, I'll tell you a bit more about that towards the end of the show. Um, what else have we got to talk about? Uh, Labour. Should we talk about Labour while we still have time? Can we talk about what happened last night? with Labour? You know, with Wes Streeting? Which I always think sounds like an overground stop in Hertfordshire, doesn't it? Like, people in coaches one to nine, we are now approaching Wes Streeting, you know? Anyway, look, there's there's a situation going on right now, right? I don't even know really how to explain it, but no, because I like I'm not a parliamentary expert. You may have gleaned that. <laughs> this is not Newsnight. I am not that. I am a foul-mouthed comedian who tries to make sense of the senseless. And when it doesn't make sense, I nail that shit to a fucking cross. And then, you know, somewhat ironically, I gather my followers, <laughs> my Binfluencer cult members from Patreon, my disciples, gather round me and join me as I lob fresh vegetables at the culprit. On the cross. Not rotten vegetables, by the way. Rotten shit is soft. You people are fucking... Lo- like, use the fresh stuff. It'll hurt more. Anyway, I am not a parliamentary expert, but I do read a lot of news. And one of the guys I like to read about constitutional matters and, um, you know, a fair bit of swearing has to be said, uh, which if you've listened to this pod for a while, you will know that politics and swearing are both... Subjects close to my heart. Those and alcohol. Uh, Cheers, by the way. I digress. So uh, here's here's what happened. I'm going to try and keep the context of this a bit bit brief. But one of the guys I read is called uh, Ian Dunt, and he writes for the I newspaper. And he did this piece called The Government is Using a Chilling Mechanism to Sidestep Parliament Altogether. And this was published a few weeks ago. Uh, But it outlines what the government are trying to do at the moment, or last night did do. Uh, And it says how, in this thing, uh, you've got the public order bill, right, which was used to arrest coronation demonstrators. If you recall, uh, they were arrested and then released without charge, right? And in that bill was the phrase, serious disruption 
to the life of a community. And it needed definition. You know, what is serious disruption? What is a community in this context? Is is it asylum protests outside a travel lodge of a community of refugees? You know, should that protest be stopped and those people arrested? Or was that not serious disruption? And is, you know, serious or disruption, are they only reserved for the times when lefties shutter the Hammersmith flyover and they piss off the Daily Mail, you know? How do you define these things? Anyway, so Ian Dunt said the definition had been sort of, you know, diluted and made ambiguous so it could be used more freely by the police as a sort of um, uh, a, a catch-all term to literally catch-all <laughs> and any supposed, you know, perpetrators and traitors or wherever they needed to. So, um... And these definitions weren't in the bill at the first reading, right? They were injected at report stage in the Lords, which already looks bad, you know, rushing things through into one of the final stages of its process, of its trajectory to becoming law. It's like, you know, OK, Pretty, who was Home Secretary, I think, at the, at the time uh, when this was first written up. It's like if you go up to Pretty Patel and you go, look, write your ideas down, get them checked by lawyers, right? Negotiate with the people who are going to vote on them in, in the Commons. See, check everyone's happy with it, you know, and then tweak and update them before they go into the Commons vote. But no, she didn't do any of that. What they were trying to do was stuff this shit into the bill at one of the last hurdles. So already it's shit, right? You still with me? Okay. So, thankfully, at that stage, the Lords rejected it. So says Dunt uh, in this piece that I encourage you all to read. I'll, I'll try and put a link in the thing later. Um... So the Lords reject it and it gets batted back to the Home Office. And the Home Office should then reconsider what the issues were and maybe try again with some updates or amendments or something, I guess. But no, instead, the Home Office used what is called a statutory instrument, which I don't even know what the fuck this is. But it seems like it's a protocol that can be utilised to sidestep Parliament. Just take that in for a minute. Sidestepping Parliament. Fuck all the sovereignty stuff. We just could do what we like. And this statutory instrument that was enacted was put in by the Sentencing Act last year, which allows, get this right, the Home Secretary, currently Suella Braverman, to herself define what is and is not a serious disruption. So on a whim, <laughs> she could go, oh, no, no that's, not, that's not serious. Oh, that one. Yeah, that's just stop all. Yeah, oh, that's very serious then. Oh, this one. Oh, that's sinking boats, is it? Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, that's not serious. Well, it's not very disruptive, so yeah. So just to back up here, you've got a bill with a phrase in it that goes through Parliament, gets to the Lords. Government tried to sneak in a watery definition, and then the Lords are like, uh, hang on, what the fuck are you doing? And instead of going, yeah, you're right, yeah, we, we should do this the, the, the proper way, they go, lol, we'll just ram it through with this weird parliamentary device that almost never gets rejected. Now, in response to this, this egregious assault on parliamentary democracy, uh, Jenny Jones, who is a uh, Green Party peer, she tabled what is called a fatal motion, which is where you as a lord or a baroness or whatever, can you can get a vote to shut it down. You know, bat this shit back to square one sort of thing. Now, Labour, on the other hand, Remember them? <laughs> His Majesty's opposition. <laughs> Supposed to oppose things. They weren't backing this, right? 
And instead, what do they do? They tabled their own what is called a regret motion or a motion of regret. So what's the difference between those aid? Well, okay, so the fatal motion would actually resolve the issue. And the egregious assault that I mentioned to essentially overrule parliament, which is what they're trying to do. A regret motion is basically Labour saying toothlessly, like, well, I mean, we're not happy about it, but, you know, so the Green Party are like, fuck this. This is bullshit. Like, what the, what the fuck are you playing at? Like, you know, Labour, conversely, are like a, you know, a cheated on wife. You know, the husband out gambling, banging barmaids, bringing home STDs. And everyone's like, so you, you, you're going to leave him, aren't you? You're going to tell him that you're not going to stand for this. Well, um, no, I mean, I, I, I'm not happy. Like, I, I think his behaviour is regrettable like are you insane philippa your vagina is currently an incubator cooking up some weird fucked up combined variant of syphilis and gonorrhea you're the wuhan lab of stds because of all the shit this motherfucker's bringing home to you the fuck is wrong with you leave no 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 i'm i'm not saying it's right you know i'm acknowledging that his behavior has been regrettable right i mean it's just a way it's just a way that you're saying regrettable yeah yeah that's the like, you know, attainable, <laughs> you know, like it's regrettable, like it's possible that someone somewhere could regret it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's right. Does he? Um, no, no. Well, OK, wonderful. <laughs> like, and will will anything happen as a result of this regret? Absolutely fucking nothing. Aid. Oh, well, fucking marvellous. So well done, Labour. Great job, guys. How very inspirational of his majesty's opposition. And not only did they not publicly back the fatal motion, you know, to gather some steam and momentum to strike it down. They then abstained on the fucking thing in the Lords to boot. So last night we had this authoritarian way of circumventing Parliament to get their way. No scrutiny. And not only is nobody talking about it, or at least nobody in the news right now, you know, it's all full of Trump and Boris and a little bit of Schofield here and there. But Labour are defending this abstention as though it's somehow a reason for you to vote Labour. <laughs> right? So that's something, right? It's like, hey, uh, I know that you're pissed about the Home Secretary uh, and how she can basically overrule the entire Westminster estate when she chooses on a whim but you know what could we do what could we do except stand in the yes lobby personally dishing out hand jobs and teddy bears to everybody supporting like what could we do except absolutely fuck all <laughs> like where's streeting was on twitter last night and he said this this is what he said so labor abstained they did nothing again and this time as an assault on the fabric of parliamentary democracy takes place, Labour just stood on the side like a limp dick at the orgy and streeting goes, an unelected House of Lords can't block an elected House of Commons. If you don't want Tory laws to go through Parliament, elect a Labour government. Just take that in for a minute. An unelected House of Lords can't block an elected 
House of Commons. So first off, this is disingenuous as fuck. Like, they can't block it. Nobody's saying, oh, just block. Like, they can't kill it. That's not what they're there for, right? Like, we know this. They're there to amend and tweak and debate and so on. But they do have the power to fatal motion the shit, don't they? And we know they have that power because Baroness Jones just fucking tried it. And the only reason it didn't work is because you fuckers didn't back it. You can't run away from something. <laughs> and then when it fails, you're like, eh, see, didn't work. Like, Where's Streeting looking like a fucking locomotive train driver, right? Speeding along. The, the driver dives out of the front carriage, leaving the train to tear down rickety track at 100 miles an hour. You know, down the wrong points, plows through the stop sign, explodes in a ravine. You know, and then he's like, Look, I had to get out. Look, it was, it was going to explode. <laughs> that, is, that is West Streeting right now. An unelected House of Lords can't block an elected House of Commons, guys. So if you don't want Tory laws to go through Parliament, elect a Labour government. So look, what he's saying, let's try and be serious just for a second, shall we? He's basically saying... The Lords are powerless. Commons is where this stuff gets thrashed out. So make the Commons labour and you won't have this problem. But I don't know, man. Like, for that to be true, there would have been no such thing as a fatal motion, right? Or if there is a thing called a fatal motion, like it would never have been used or it wouldn't have been successful the times that it had been used. Except there have been times that it's been used and it has been successful. Like, this is what gets me. Like, these motherfuckers wheel out this stuff like they've never heard of Google, you know, or ChatGPT. It took me 30 seconds this morning to find out there have been other occasions fatal motions have been used to shoot things down. 30 seconds! It wasn't even that long ago. It's like, you know, eight years ago or so. Like, it's not often, but it does happen. So then it's like, you know, do you like looking cowardly, guys? Yeah? No? Do you like looking stupid? <laughs> or both, maybe, together? Because, like, I don't like the Tories. None of us like the Tories who listen to this show, probably. But now you guys have gone from looking like, you know, His Majesty's Opposition and... You know, you're well-suited and professional and you know you're brief. Now you look cowardly running away from the fatal motion. And you look stupid with pretending you weren't able to do anything. And you look stupider thinking people wouldn't immediately Google this. You know, just got fucking Labour out front and centre in front of a burning building <laughs> with their hat, like fire chief hat on, big red. Yeah, we pointed the fire hoses into the river. That's what we did to help the... Give us a chance at running the whole fire department. Let's see what else we can do, you know? Anyway, guys, who's coming to my live show? Are you up for a night out? I'm serious. Let me know if you're coming. I really want to make this the first of a good series of live events for you guys. So if you're enjoying the pod and you can get to London, uh, maybe you work here, maybe you just fancy a long weekend, you know, come down, catch some shows, see some friends. My live show is going to sell out, man. It's a warning, okay? The tickets are out there. 
get in quick. It's on Thursday, the 28th of September. It's at Book Club in Shoreditch. Okay, Shoreditch, E1, the book club, 28th of September. It's me, Otto English from Byline TV and Byline Times. Uh, John Left of the Countryside. You might know him from TikTok and from the On Topic podcast. Um, Ashley Hayden, uh, highly revered stand-up comedian around the London and but like political comedy circuit. Um, it's going to be comedy, a live podcast, games, stand-up. Also, if you're a few shows in, and you're feeling it maybe you're up for joining in with the chat with other listeners you know politics nerds fans of my boozy ranting god help me uh jump on the patreon if that's you you get the first two uh, first episodes you get the first episode you get episodes of the podcast two days before everyone else is what i'm trying to say uh you get invited into the instant messaging community that i've built um you get first dibs on live tickets like the show that i was talking about um, there's meetups. You get credited at the end of shows like this. Uh, if that's you, join the Patreon. You tinkers. It's patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson with an I-N at the end. It starts from just £3 a month. So super cheap. Uh, or you can go £5 or you can go £10. And I start throwing in Skype calls with me and so on. Uh, or if that's not you, if you can't afford it, cost of living and all that, um, maybe leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That would be amazing. Uh, or share me around to a friend, help the podcast to grow. Uh, or, you know, if it's just a one-off, check out the T-shirts on the Funk 27 site, because all of this stuff helps to continue to support the podcast. But mostly come to the September show, because <laughs> that would mean the world to me. Um, anyway, that's it from me. I'm back Friday night. Uh, my guest this week is women's rights campaigner Patsy Stevenson. Uh, until then, stay booge, keep it strictly influencer, and I'm outie. Yo, 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 this episode was powered by my Patreon backers over at patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson. Special shout outs to Bowman, Chris, David, Mojo Sabian, Pingu, T-Rex in a top hat, Aaron, Alex and Kai. Some of these names might not actually be the real names. Uh, Jeff, Peter, Sarah, Silent and Ailsa. And then Anthony, Eddie, Fat Shirley, Mal, Rodri, Stuart, and Kerry. Thank you so, so much for continuing your support of the podcast. And I'm looking forward to catching up with each of you at the next London meet or the next gig. I don't know. Big doff of the cap to all of you. You give my funny boner funny boner. Cheers. Cheers.